Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I am here with my first cup of coffee. Delicious. Today is, are you going to say it with me? It's Friday. Woo! Everybody do a little happy dance for Friday. Uh, whether it is the beginning of your weekend or not, it's always good to celebrate a Friday. It's our weekly, our weekly festival. A celebration of the good times. I think it's funny. I have recently, um, had occasion to use FAC, um, for, you know, just various things. Oh, should we do FAC or does any, are we in time for FAC? And I am surprised by how many people don't know what that is. Is that like an eighties thing that has fallen out of use? Uh, FAC of course, because you people are my tribe, uh, is Friday afternoon club, but yeah, it's weird. People don't know what it is. I, I mean, it's not like it's a cultural gem that I am extraordinarily concerned is falling out of use, but, um, it's just perplexing. It's uh, you know, it's interesting which things stick and which things don't. I posted to Facebook, uh, last week and my mom mentioned that, uh, the poster has gotten a lot of comments, but it's funny cause I was in Dillard's buying, getting my mascara. And I stopped to look at the party dresses as one does one caught my eye. What can I say? I had to stop and see it was of course not my size, but it was, um, it was pretty. I really liked it. Um, (laughs) and now that I'm actually going to be peopling again, I thought that I might want a party dress, an evening dress. But anyway, there was a teenage girl shopping with her mother in the section and they were going through, I don't know, looking for homecoming dresses or who knows what it was for, but the mother had held up the dress, held up a dress. And the girl said, um, I don't know, mom, it's so 2012 to me. And so I posted that to Facebook and everybody was equally perplexed because those of us who are not 17 or whatever she was, um, are, are kind of perplexed about what is significant about 2012 fashion. Um, clearly I have many things that I bought in 2012 (laughs) that I'm still wearing. I should, I, I even went and looked to see like which conferences happened that year. So, uh, for those of you who swim in my same circles, um, RWA was in Anaheim that year and which I remember that conference very clearly. And in fact, yeah, Anaheim was when I first, uh, when I met my first agent, when we, uh, interviewed and we had breakfast. <laughs> she had, she had DM'd me and asked if, uh, if we could meet up at the conference. And I was so happy because all of my friends and it had felt like forever you guys, but I'd only been doing it since 2008. It's funny looking back that, you know, from 
for 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2011. And 2011, I think, was the one that was the major debacle for me. I've told that story sometimes where an agent actually made me cry. Where, or I cried because of an agent's behavior. Take that responsibility. But, you know, I had been querying all that time. So I guess four years is a long time. And my friends were asking me in at in Anaheim if I was pitching that year. And I said, no, I am taking pitches. And I was so happy about that. And I ended up signing with my agent. And she was the one who sold uh, the 12 Kingdoms trilogy to Kensington for me. And also Master of the Opera, my erotic paranormal uh, serial, which is a modern day retelling of Phantom of the Opera based here in Santa Fe. But I think like 10 people have read that book. So, um, oh, so RW was in Anaheim and Chicago was the RT convention. And I remember Chicago very clearly too. And I remember my outfits (laughs) for, for some, some of those and, um, which is surprising to me that they are that old and now potentially dated in the eyes of teenage girls anyway, for what that's worth. Um, yeah. So anyway, you know, it's funny time. What is time? I've got a little caterpillar friend here waiting for me on the, uh, I, I have sort of an empty planner that I put the laptop up on to get it up high enough. That is a trick if you guys care about um, such things for like doing YouTube videos is to put the laptop camera up so the camera's here. Uh, I just booped you on the nose so that you can, um, it's so that's a little bit higher than your head. It's more flattering than doing the, as we've all done, where you're like looking down into the phone and you get that wonderful shot of you frowning making this terrible face because the phone's pissing you off and then you also have like 15 double chins along with it if you're looking down into the laptop you kind of get that same view and who needs that we don't need that it would be so 2012 (laughs) i'm gonna make it so 2012 happen stop trying to make fetch happen that's even older than 2012 right so anyway, it's been a good year for caterpillars, all the rain. So good for the butterflies, moths and butterflies. I have been um, assiduously relocating caterpillars. This one, I'm just, he's, he's frozen because he's aware of my presence. So I'm just going to leave him to his thing. So um, apparently, uh, Laura Darnell asked me on Twitter when I was going to talk about the midwinter holiday anthology because we did talk about it at the romance bookstore day panel. And then I just guess I haven't said anything about it. I've been talking about, uh, secret projects and potential future secret projects, but not this actual thing that we are actually going to do actually. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, um, I am going to do another midwinter holiday fantasy, romance anthology again this year with uh grace draven amanda boucher and dorinda jones should be an interesting lineup 
Dorinda has this fantasy story she's been wanting to write. So there we go. She's she's on fire to do this thing. And we're going to call it speaking of fire. We've settled on a title. It's going to be the fire of the frost. Pretty cool huh? And it's going to be out before Thanksgiving. We're, we're still um, we haven't set our absolute deadlines. We've got everybody's penciled in deadlines. We have not set up the pre order yet. We're working on the cover right now. Um, once we get the cover we will do a cover reveal and then we will probably set up a pre order link and make everybody uh, commit. This is that committee to the deadline thing. So yeah I don't know why I didn't think to mention it. My head's been in different places. You know it comes back to that decision energy thing and I know several of you uh, messaged me about that being very interested in it because um, it really does make a difference if you understand about decision energy and for those of you who haven't heard me talk about it before the thing is is that making a decision takes energy. It just takes a certain amount of energy for every single decision you make and some people understand that in a larger sense and one sort of um, light bulb moment for that with creatives is that especially in writing a book that you are constantly making decisions. You're making one decision after another about what's going to happen and where to place this and how to phrase this and what word to use. And so that's part of the reason why it is it takes up that mental energy because that decision making energy is there. And so it's very interesting for me being president of Cephla now um, that a large part of my job seems to be making decisions about stuff and it does take a certain amount of mental energy I have discovered. So nothing like the intense mental work of writing however and at least it's different than writing. So and and I don't mean that in a bad way it's just that I find that um and Megan Sienna Joy Deutsch and I actually don't know if I'm saying your name correctly Megan so tell me if I'm saying it wrong but she had commented on a post of Kelly Armstrong's on Twitter uh, saying citing my podcast of the other day about how you know like the studies have shown that we can do about three or four hours of mental work intense mental work per day and I think that's really that intense decision making strategizing creating what have you whatever it is that you're using your most intense mental energy for because Kelly Armstrong was noting the same thing that she can only write for a few hours a day and that's true of most of us. Uh, Nora Roberts says she writes for eight hours a day. Um, I would really love to ask her personally if she is actually intensely drafting that whole time. She tends to be a little defensive about it at least in the interviews I've seen because I don't know people are maybe questioning whether she's I, it's, I don't question whether she works eight hours a day because um, as Megan said most of us work I mean because we're freelancers you know we work for ourselves and our bosses are bitches. Uh, we work eight to ten hours a day but we only are writing intensely drafting or revising three to four hours of the day 
uh, I would be very interested to know if Lenora is actually intensely drafting eight hours a day. She says she's at her desk eight hours a day, just like any other job. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> as are we all. Um, but a lot of that is doing other kinds of work. And as uh, Megan pointed out, you know, we're doing things like royalty statements. We are working on marketing ideas. We are doing the myriad businessy things that come from, especially if you're a self-published author, uh, wearing those multiple hats of being your own publisher and being your own marketer and being your own CPA and all of these things. So when I say with Sephora that at least it's different work, uh, I feel like it doesn't take away from the writing energy, but it may take something away from the uh, remembering to talk about midwinter holiday anthology energy. So, um, yeah, the other thing I was going to talk about, uh, I don't always talk about dreams, but when I do, <laughs> uh, no, I, I had a dream last night that was kind of interesting because it was another house dream. And I learned a long time ago, and I think this is true. Uh, I think some dream symbology stuff can be wonky. Uh, it doesn't, it's not applicable. What's most important about dream imagery is how you feel about the stuff that's going on in the dream. Uh, what does, what does it mean to you? Someone else's symbol may not be your subconscious symbol is the point. But I learned some time ago that traditionally uh, a house dreaming of a house is dreaming of yourself and that the different rooms and shapes and sizes of the house are different aspects of our personality and psyche. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, it's true for me anyway. And I have recurring house dreams and they're always interesting to me because I feel like they're exploring different aspects of my house and myself. And my house has changed. Sometimes they have uh, very different um, architectural styles and locations. They're great because they're dreams. So of course, you know, things shift around. Like sometimes you walk out the front door and there's an ocean there and sometimes it's a meadow. There are certain consistent themes in my house dreams. Uh, one thing that is a consistent element of the dream is discovering rooms that I didn't realize were there and that I could have been using. I feel like the symbology there is pretty obvious. And so it's always, I try to pay attention to what those, what those rooms are. What am I trying to tell myself? What are the aspects of myself that I did not that I haven't been using that I hadn't realized were there. And usually they're really cool spaces and I'm like, Whoa, look at this amazing set. And usually it'll be like an entire fucking wing. <laughs> it's like, wow, did I not know this wing of this house was here? Um, and also, <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny because there's always an element of, and who has been cleaning it? <laughs> uh, the, the realities of a woman's life seep in. Uh, regardless, right? Who's been dusting? 
but there are certain elements of the house that are that tend to figure into everyone. Sometimes it's like a a gothic castle kind of thing which is very cool but there's always this sort of series of levels in the middle that are fairly open. Um, usually there's sort of an atrium in the middle. So it's like uh, a square setup and then you can look down up and down to the other floors and it's it's always beautiful. It's always beautiful and comfortable um, which I think is a reflection of that I like myself and there's like big armchairs and little groupings and there's different places you could sit and lots of windows and there's always and there are rooms leading off of these central levels and sometimes it almost looks more like the Guggenheim with like a big spiral with all of the levels going up. But it was funny in my dream last night I discovered an entirely new set of rooms but and it was down below and and this time I was like I knew that they were there but I was showing other people uh mom you were in the dream and I was showing you this whole lower level of the house and you were saying well when did you add this and I said no it was it was always here. Uh, we just hadn't gone to it before. Hello Hamlet. Good morning. Uh, but it was kind of funny because it was all in adobe style. It was all like northern New Mexico adobe style. So living here for 12 years it has finally penetrated my dreams and I have added an entire uh, lower level to the house kind of like a garden level uh, that was all it was beautiful really nice northern New Mexico style and then it opened up onto a beach with like some subterranean caves and kind of like the baths on Virgin Gorda uh, with beautiful rocks and turquoise water and it was like super cool addition to the house of the subconscious Jeffy very pleased with that one. So I just thought I would tell you guys about that one because I do think that the house dreams are interesting and I understand that many many people do have uh, dreams where they are wandering through houses and discovering rooms and uh, trying to do things with them and and I think that that's a pretty safe interpretation that that's what it is and I think we can learn a lot about ourselves. A recurring theme in dreams for me is like being somewhere near the ocean and not being able to get out into it. So I um, it's always nice when I can. Last night I did. I made it out to the ocean so was very happy. Uh, revision coming along well plugging away. I it went slowly yesterday because uh, writer coughing which was fun but that did take a chunk out of the day as did Sephora board meeting plus two other associated phone calls so that took some stuff but I'm I'm happy with how it's going and hoping to get a lot done today. So on that note I will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts and I will talk to you all Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, unplug a little maybe and go out and be creative find a find a new room in your house huh you all take care bye bye